What's up, everybody? Welcome to Stack and Sats, presented by Forspace Mining. I'm your host, Pomek Ovasic. Today is the third episode of our three-part series at Empower 2023 over in Houston. We had some time, made a little makeshift podcast studio, got to speak to some really awesome and intelligent people in the Bitcoin mining industry. Today, I'll be speaking with Tom Merkel of Hashbranch. Hashbranch is essentially a marketplace where you can find and connect with uh, people who provide hosting for mining. And Tom is a super knowledgeable guy on the things that you should be looking out for when you're looking to find a hosting provider. Uh, Tom also has a lot of experience when it comes to home mining. You know, I figured this is a good conversation to kind of introduce a little bit of the political uh, perspectives and some of the other nuances when it comes to Bitcoin mining and potentially beginning your own mining operation. As always, this is not financial advice. If you could link, like, subscribe, and click on the notification bell so that you can get updates for all four space mining videos, please enjoy my conversation today with Tom Merkel. No, uh, Empower has been been awesome. Tons of like familiar faces, and then also kind of meeting some new folks and stuff. So it's always good. Yeah. You guys were coming out here with like a specific objective or kind of just reconnecting with the community and seeing who else yeah. is in the playing field. Yeah, I'd say a little bit of both. Um, it's always good to see kind of who's out and about in the bear market. But I think a big goal for us was to really talk to a lot of our customers and potential customers and understand kind of how we could um, continue to build a, a better, better product. So nice. Are you guys involved in like the oil and gas community? Like, I feel like they're a little bit more like personal and yeah themselves closer when it comes to like expressing like facilities and what their operations look like yeah no we're um we, you know i've got we've got contacts in ong specifically in the mining kind of in the in the gas fields and stuff but um one of my uh, co-founders actually had a company in oil and gas so he's kind of got some of the um some expertise there in terms of like the lingo and things like that so um, nice yeah it's good yeah. good mix they're fun they're they're wild, man. They're definitely like the Bitcoin cowboys that we Yeah, like, they're hardcore, dude. And yeah. you just see them, they're loud and rambunctious and, you know, they know their stuff, so they're really confident in it. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, just like a little bit of a background in yourself. Um, obviously, your name is Tom. Yeah. And uh, you're working on Hashbranch. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, if you want to let the audience know a little bit about uh, your background and yep. what it is you guys are doing. Yeah, so Hashbranch is a marketplace for verified goods and services in the Bitcoin mining industry. We're really focused on finding quality hosting companies and helping customers connect with those hosting operators and um, actually deploy ASICs with them. So my background is in kind of software. I've worn you know a lot of hats in the software industry, and I came into the space really wanting to specifically work on Bitcoin. And then I thought, all right, well, Bitcoin mining is kind of the core component of Bitcoin that's really not going anywhere. So spent the better part of the last couple of years really trying to figure out, you know, what's needed in the space, what I can do. And yeah, so that's kind of um, the way I got into the industry. Um, we, I was actually considering starting my own operation. That was really the whole goal originally was, mm. I want to be an operator, I want to be a miner. Um, and so I went down the, the rabbit hole of figuring out how to, how to host, right? So I don't know for your audience, you know, hosting is kind of this industry where you have, uh, people who can find 
energy at a cheap enough price. They can build infrastructure. And then customers actually send them these mining computers, ASICs, to run on their behalf, right? So as a, a host, it's kind of like an Airbnb host, for example, mm -hmm. someone who can find the cheap power, run the infrastructure, and then they need customers to actually fill these, uh, these slots or the, the rack space to make it profitable. And so I was going down that rabbit hole and really you know, figuring out, okay, how, how can I differentiate? What sort of you know, people do I need to understand that are players in the space? Who can I trust? How can I find customers? So as I was going down that, that path and doing the research and getting engineering studies done on the sites that I was looking at, um, kind of started to realize that a lot of this industry is really fragmented right now. It's an exciting industry, but there's really not a great kind of central hub of information to find who to work with, who you can trust, how to do things efficiently. So took a step back and thought, all right, well, I've been a software engineer predominantly, you know, for my whole career, I've worked in the software space. This seems like a software problem. So I kind of, um, spent, you know, a little bit of time throwing some code together and kind of put together a very rough proof of concept for just a, a basic listing service for all the operators that I kind of knew of, built in some review systems, and was really kind of just a project and launched that and a lot of people really liked it. And so that's kind of now become the core business and that's the focus. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, definitely sounds like you had some uh, bull market headaches and it was uh, had your head spinning and you know some ideas um, it's a really bad it was a bad time to just like see so many people who seem legitimate uh, come down and not turn out to be that or mm -hmm. not have their ducks in a row and I think over the past you know couple of years as hosting has become more popular um, as more and more people, you know, plebs, we call them, yeah. do want to plug in a couple machines up to even like, you know, like a third of a megawatt, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, you have a need to go find a good space for that. Like you're saying, you have a need to yeah. go find good electricity rates. And we all found out very quickly that there is a lot involved into that, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, wh whatever it might be, just starting with like the politics of it, yeah, like the contract that you're setting up with the energy provider. Um, is it a co-op? Are they working closer with the government? Um, is this more of like a free market system? Mm -hmm. People just assume, oh, five cents in Oklahoma, great. Yeah, like let me send my machines down there. Um, so I definitely, I see where you're coming from. You guys probably experienced a lot of headaches. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you know a couple things you put it out there, like understanding the structure of uh, power contracts and depending on where you're accessing the energy and what your obligations are to the grid you're working with was kind of a big uh, big hurdle that we kind of started to figure out and a lot of these groups they again they get kind of that bull market fever and they might kind of rush in buy a bunch of machines because they think that it's the best price and then they try to figure out now where can we put these the price that we were told wasn't the price that we're going to get mm. at the end of the day so at the end of the day, there was so much complexity to, to get something operational that we felt like, okay, once once there is this um, collection of hosting operations set up all across North America and in the, in the world, you know, they, they've solved a lot of these hard problems. But at the same time, there's there's the quality question, you know, and the trust question of like, you know, we, we 
us as Bitcoiners, it's kind of a uh, don't trust verify type mentality, right? But at the same time, for us to do business together, we need to have some basis that we can operate on and trust. All right. So what we're trying to figure out is, you know, what is quality, what is not? And so we've, we've started to build a system and we're continuing to do so to verify and qualify who these operators are and then give customers direct access to them as opposed to having to to go through a lot of different hoops um, to actually find those good rates and those good operators. Um, there's, you know, believe me when I say there's operators in just about every state in the United States and just about every country. I mean, they're everywhere, right? Mining is an energy game and energy is a global, you know, you can get energy anywhere. Mm -hmm. So these folks are popping up. What we're trying to solve is really the trust problem, right? It's like, okay, who can I trust? What information do I need to to see to make a decision and how can I trust that information? So that's really what we're what we're focused on and we're trying to essentially coordinate across, you know, all of this capacity that's been popping up over the last couple of years. So. What are some of the things that you are looking for, you know, you and your partners when you're uh, doing your diligence for, uh, you know, like researching a yeah. potential hosting provider, getting them on the website? Mm -hmm. What are some of like the, what's some of the due diligence, like, you know, let's say if you're just like a home miner or yeah. someone is looking to build up a project and besides from using the marketplace, okay, you know, what would you say are some uh, crucial things to consider uh, when it comes to looking for an energy provider? So as a, as someone who just wants to set up their own or someone who wants to use the site? Oh, or, sure. I guess there is a differentiation there. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, I guess in terms of like, you're looking, you know, let's stay on topic with hosting. You're looking to uh, find yourself a good hosting provider. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's funny. I could, I could probably, I'll probably answer both because I was a home miner. That's how, you know, how I got kind of started in the mining space. But on the hosting side, really for us, it's a few things, right? So there's um, the terms that, so on, on the site, you can kind of search and sort for different criteria. But at the end of the day, you're looking at the terms that the hosting operator is going to provide you, right? So what is your deposit requirement? What is the, um, basically, what is your all-in cost to actually get mining with them? Um, and what is their power rate? So that's kind of the core piece is pricing. And then after that is really the quality of the service, right? So we, we have a couple things that we can do. So we have a review system. So a lot of different users and and other miners in the industry are actually reviewing these hosting companies and giving their you know sometimes poor opinion of some of these operators and sometimes great opinion but we we've built a full review system which we need to do we need to do better on um, making sure that uh, we're getting more information out of those reviews but right now it's like the only the only place you can go to find kind of a real opinion of of these operators so we have, we take into account the, the reviews, we look at pricing and the contracts. We actually review some of the contracts with some of our, with some of our groups. And then kind of a subtle one is I want to see, I want to meet the operator face to face, kind of uh, whether it's in person or over video call, just kind of get to know them as a, as a, as a person, as an operator, what their background is, what got them into mining. You can kind of tell a little bit about who is, I wouldn't say in it for the right reasons, but who kind of knows their knows their stuff and who's, you know, maybe trying to pull one over on you. Right. Mm. So then I think on top of that is we, we, for some of our groups, we actually go through and do due diligence on their corporate entity. So we make sure that, you know, they're registered in, in, in the U S you can do business with them. There's, you know, they're, there's a, they're a taxable entity. 
we check this with you know different different um, different bodies that, that they might have to register with, just to kind of have a, a body of trust that we're trying to build over time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of our, our model at least right now. We're getting we're getting better at, at vetting, and over time the idea is we want to be a one stop shop for folks trying to deploy ASICs in the in the space to do it in a trusted way, right? And not have to worry about you know if I send this guy a pallet of S19s. Are they even going to get plugged in, or is this guy just going to run off with my stuff because it was a good rate and that's what I was attracted to? So, no. One of the cool things about the review system and like a Bitcoin mining standard is when you have like reviews, you know, like Yelp or something, it can generally get toxic. Yeah. And you're kind of like feeding into people who are the loudest, you know, yeah. whether it's high praise or high criticism. And the difference that I find when people like go on to telegram mm -hmm. and communicate their frustrations in the Bitcoin community and the mining community specifically is people aren't so willing to just like pick up on your perspective of it. So by having a review system, it's not, you know, it's not like you're just looking for the place with the highest review. Like yeah. you just want to hear people communicate about their experience because exactly. a lot of the times people just might not get exactly how hosting works mm -hmm. and you know, there's a lot of people coming into Bitcoin mining with this mentality, like it's like a legacy uh, kind of institution where things are very clear and laid out yeah. and there's legal re repercussions if that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So I feel like just by having the review system, you know, you can also get an idea of the intelligence of the people who are reviewing as well as how nitpicky are they versus like what is their background into mining. Yeah. No, no, it's it's a it's a great point. So I think the, the the review system, you know, it helps in a lot of different ways. There's one that's obvious where, all right, I want to maybe work with someone who has generally high reviews, but at the same time, to your point, I want to look at what these reviews are saying. And if if these people are, if it's clearly spam, you know, we have we have systems in place to try to flag spam reviews, and if it's kind of um, if people reviewing themselves, which interestingly enough happens, um, you know, you wouldn't expect it, but, but I think the bigger factor is what we've started to see is you have customers, um, users of HashBranch who actually have reviewed multiple hosts because they work with multiple hosts. A lot of these miners who are into the hosting game, they're more mature. They don't generally like to have all of their eggs in one basket. If that makes sense, they might like to have a hand-pick selection of three or four hosts that they really trust and they work with. What's nice about that is now that user kind of has their own reputation against the host, right? So if I'm a someone who comes to HashBranch and I've actually hosted with three or four different groups, I can leave reviews. Well, now my user profile has four reviews of places that I've worked with. So when I want future hosting, there's I'm, I'm a little bit higher quality of a customer, or I might be maybe not higher quality, but I, I'm a I'm a lot less of a flight risk. Like one issue that we, we get with operators is people contacting them and just not even really being interested. They're trying to sell something or they're just trying to um, waste their time, right? So that's kind of another factor that's that's emerged out of the review system. Mm -hmm. I do like, uh, I remember you were showing me the website earlier at the conference and I did like uh, the one little... Uh, like widget you guys have put in there that uh, shows the uh, uptime 
uh, percentage of yeah of the hosting facility. I think that's huge, and uh, I think it's also you know, it's uh, ingenuity. It's a good touch, and I wanted to give you a little bit of time to speak about that. Yeah, no, that so the idea behind our um, verified uptime product is we like I mentioned we have a, a hand-picked group of hosting companies, and we we are expanding this to more. But right now we have just a few who we've done even more due diligence on than, than the average. And we've actually kind of gone above and beyond to, like I mentioned, verify their entity and all these things. But what we really do that we pride ourselves on is what we actually, we actually send them our own ASICs. We send them ASICs that we own, we've purchased, but we've purchased them kind of brand new. So they're not, you know, lousy models. Yeah. We send them and we actually document everything that we go through to get an ASIC online with these guys. Right. So, uh, we've got, you know, sent, uh, sent ASIC on this date, arrived on this date, this is when it went online, this is how they communicated with us, this are some screenshots of how they brought it online. And then finally, we actually pull the live data and display it on their listing. So you don't really have to take our word for it, you don't really have to take the host's word for it in terms of their uptime, the data speaks for itself. And we, we pull that data directly from the pool. And so what that means, you know, again, for, for your audience who might not know, the, the pool is basically we're pooling our hash rate um, together with thousands of other miners to get a more uh, or a less variable payout for the for the ACE, for the Bitcoin that we mine, and so because we're pulling our uptime data from the pool, we can't really spoof that, right? This is out of our hands. This is really just what the pool is saying you're hashing. Mm -hmm. So we we pull that data into the listing and we display it, and you know I'm proud to say that our uh, top three, you know, our three premium verified groups that we've got on there and growing are over 97% verified uptime, right? This is actual data from actual machines and they're sitting above 97%, which is pretty awesome. Um, fantastic. Yeah. And you don't have to take their word for it, right? The data, the data is there. So. Yeah. And I can see how that, you know, you guys keep growing on that. That's going to be extremely promising yeah. um, in the world of Bitcoin. People love numbers. Yeah. So the more analytics you're able to provide yeah. more charts and ups and downs, the happier exactly. we are. So like uh, one thing I know that you mentioned to me before, you were curious and discussing, and I feel like it's it's a good point. We mentioned pleb miners earlier. Um, you said you started from like a home mining experience. Yeah. And with that, you know, it depends on how deep in the rabbit hole you want to go. go. There's some scalability with it. And I'm just like curious from your perspective, you know, how do you start with just like a couple machines and how does it then turn into something where you are considering, yeah. you know, this is a business, this is potentially something more than a hobby? Yeah. So my personal opinion is you should probably look at it as a, as a business from the get-go, even if it's small. And what I mean by that is you really need to understand your costs. That's kind of the, 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 the biggest issue folks have is they don't really understand, they don't truly understand what their energy rate is, right? What they, what they are charged every month for electricity from their, from their, comp uh, their power company and not just the rate, but they don't understand how the rate adjusts over time with consumption. Right? So I would say the first piece is to make sure that whatever power company you're with, you have the ability to fit into a rate that is going to be profitable. Now, if you're just trying to experiment and learn, it doesn't really matter. But if you're kind of thinking, okay, I want to get into home mining, 
and learn how to, how to be profitable, you need to understand your electricity rate. The, so there's different tools out there and uh, it, it, the math is not too difficult, but sometimes it's in the weeds, you kind of have to comb through the, the contracts and things like that. But where I was uh, living, I actually had, we have a lot of spare hydro uh, power. And so our rate um, just on a residential place during, you know, during certain months was actually pretty, pretty promising. And so what I was able to do was with, based on the power consumption that I had planned on. So I was able to convince the utility to actually put my house on an, on an industrial rate. There was no loopholes that said it had to be zoned a certain way. There was nothing. So basically I just said, Hey, I'm going to use this much. Can I be in this better rate? And they actually, you know, they went along with it. So I think there's, there's ways to find these niches of, um, of better rates at home mining. For me, what I did was I started with just building GPU rigs, right? So this was when you could still mine Ethereum and some other things and I would mine and then trade for Bitcoin immediately because I was just trying to understand the, the industry and how, how things worked. And I liked, you know, building things. I quickly maxed out what my house could kind of take with GPUs. And I just felt like the, for me, keeping the GPUs up and building these custom things, I just, I was like, all right, let me play with some ASICs so that, and, and once I, once I bought my first ASIC, I was like, that's so much easier. Um, and and you know, for your viewers who don't know kind of the difference. So an ASIC is a very special purpose computer that only mines Bitcoin. It doesn't do anything else. Right. There's one thing and one thing only, and they're very efficient. They're also very loud, but GPUs are graphic. They're basically graphics cards for maybe video games or image processing. And people kind of repurpose them into mining mining rigs. You just can't really mine Bitcoin on, a, on them anymore. You used to be able to, now the only way to mine Bitcoin is with a, one of these ASICs. So I quickly moved, uh, unplugged all my GPUs and moved into all these ASICs and maxed out what my garage could afford. And then I had a, um, a bigger panel put on the house and quickly, quickly hit the constraint of the transformer that was feeding my neighborhood. So uh, it kind of in a nutshell, really start understanding your power costs yeah. and then start to understand how power is actually distributed and where it, where it comes from. Because I had a lot of, one of the things I did while I was uh, figuring out what I wanted to do in the mining industry was I, I helped some other, uh, you know, plebs like myself kind of figure out how to set up their own mining operations just around where I live. Right. So I would talk to the power company for them and get them on that special rate I talked about and figure out what they could, what they could do at their house. And you start to realize that, depending on where the house is, like you've got a transformer limit at a residential location. And so power company is always going to let you buy a bigger transformer. But again, you got to understand your costs. If that makes you out of the money, then you kind of have trade-offs there. So, um, yeah, I think there's, it, you, there's a fascinating intersection between mining and energy. And you start to learn that the more you dig in. So. I mean, you have to, otherwise you're going to, melt some cables or hurt yourself. Exactly. Uh, one, one of the things that you brought up um, that I think is really important to highlight is uh, you're speaking about like a personal relationship, you know, not, it doesn't have to go too far, but a personal relationship with the power provider. Mm -hmm. You have to speak with people who work in this industry. This is their company. This is how it goes. Yeah. And part of Bitcoin's mindset is like, this is libertarian. It's kind of like mm -hmm. financial freedom, take it for yourself. Um, being down in Texas and being at Empower, one of the cool things is you start to realize that 
you know, there's a lot of things that make the world go round, and that's the same case for Bitcoin. And part of that is you do need to have an open dialogue and a discussion. And if you can talk to your power provider, if you can talk to people in your community about this, you're not only informing them about what's going on, you're trying, like you said, to establish it from a secure perspective, mm -hmm. but then maybe in a way you're also orange pilling them mm -hmm. and maybe they might actually be more keen on investing and allowing this uh, kind of operating to happen in their communities and their areas. Yeah, I completely agree. I think a lot of times, again, we think of some of these larger power companies or power providers or utility commissions, whatever, we think of them as a singular entity that we're always fighting against in the mining industry. It's, you know, but the reality is they're just groups of people and each, you know, group, you know, they're all individuals at the end of the day. So my, from my experience, yeah, the, um, the entity itself might be difficult to work with just because, you know, a lot of these power companies are a hundred years old, right? They're not, they're not moving very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, but you kind of talk to the people in these companies, and they're very interested. They kind of, they, they want to learn more. They're, they're very intrigued with, well, why do you need this much power? Are you sure you need this much power? Are, are you off by a zero, right? Like there's all these things, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put it as orange pilling them yet, but they're that, uh, that seeds planted in their head. They're, yeah. they're thinking, what, why does this guy want this much? Um, another, you know, 600 amp panel at his house, right? What, what's going on here? And then over time you kind of start talking to these people in these groups and you realize they're just people as well. And so yeah. they might have these big kind of bureaucratic institutions that they're trying to, to wield, but at the end of the day, it's just groups of people. So I think from my perspective, there have been a lot of successes talking to the people in these organizations yeah. and really just kind of understanding that, Hey, these are, these are, these are businesses that are booming everywhere right now. And, and the United States has become a massive contender in the kind of global hash rate you know uh game so yeah that's yeah you look at um you look at just like the the political ideas that you know come out and the talking points around bitcoin mining and mining in general and it only seems to be getting worse you know you think of like senator warren and mm -hmm. her statement to texas and you know wanting ERCOT to provide all this information on mining and I've been seeing on Telegram today, like Bitcoin Magazine posted it, some proposed 30% tax on the electricity rate for mining. Um, you have all that negative attention, you know, and we can't scream loud enough why all that is wrong. Mm -hmm. So it is these personal relationships of working people in these industries and negotiating with them and working with them that's super important. That's something about Texas that uh, really catches my eye. Um, I just listened to Lee Bratcher, you know, mm -hmm. Texas Blockchain Council on uh, what Bitcoin did. And I thought he laid out really eloquently why Texas is like the most sustainable energy state in America and why it's one of the most uh, forward thinking states. And ultimately, you need a big state like that to catch that momentum, to change the political opinion of it, to change the laws. And then once you have a, a state of that size, it's going to then spread out to the other states, hopefully. So if we have more people who are friendly and understanding of how Bitcoin mining works, I feel like that's our best chance 
you know, uh, just by like putting boots on the ground, making action happen. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, again, these are people and institutions. It's not just some massive institution that nobody has a chance to do anything with, right? These are people, we can talk to them, we can educate them. I think a lot of the, you know, the FUD, right, of, of mining and Bitcoin is really just, they don't understand it, right? And it's kind of this, this odd thing that has a bad connotation in certain people's, um, in the way pe certain people view it. But at the end of the day, when you really peel it back, you know, what is the difference between consuming electricity to mine Bitcoin or run a, run a Bitcoin mining ASIC or a server and running massive data centers that process video games or Netflix or, you know, whatever else people do on the internet, right? There's, I, I would argue that the electricity consumption is probably a drop in the bucket to a lot of the things we use energy for. We just rationalize that energy use, which makes sense. I think we should as a civilization use more energy per person more often in a more efficient and sustainable way. I think that would be great for everyone. So like, uh, you know, like from that perspective, why is that the case? The, I just, this I think is something important for people to really understand why is more energy per person good? Yeah, I mean, energy is, is leverage and it's, in my opinion, it's kind of, it's leverage on your time, right? If I can, uh, if, if I can plug something in and basically have it doing as much work as what would have been hundreds of man hours, you know, 10 years ago, that's a massive lever on my time. And it gets me a lot of, you know, a lot of value and I can, I can create things. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of benefit to using energy. I think the, the misconception is that energy bad for some reason, right? But you can look at any any study and any kind of historical trend over time, countries and kind of eras in history where we use more energy, human flourishing is off the charts in terms of what it used to be. Exactly. Um, it's just, it's straight up and to the right, right? I mean, the more energy use, the, the better off people are in general. And I think the people conflate energy use with maybe emissions or global warming or things like that. But those are, those are two different things, right? We, you know, energy is, energy is just like work over time, right? It's like being able to, to, to do something with, with less. And so I think it's, it's an education thing, right? Um, yeah. and then, you know, the idea that Bitcoin emits more than, I don't know, charging an electric vehicle is, is just kind of comical if you really understand it. Cause you know, a Bitcoin miner doesn't emit anything, right? It's the, it's the, the way the electricity is generated and it's all upstream from there. And in a lot of cases, mining kind of gravitates towards underutilized energy assets. And a lot of times those are generally renewables where they're kind of cyclical in nature. They might be more intermittent when they can generate energy. So I just think it's a different type of customer for, for energy. Yeah. And we need to, we need to acknowledge it. No, definitely. And the last part uh, you'd mentioned is like the perspective of going into a country that doesn't have a fantastic infrastructure mm -hmm. and yeah there's a lot of places where people can harness energy they just never had the money or uh the tools put into place to do so and you can really change that with bitcoin mining i think that's something that people uh will be a lot more fascinated with because yeah. um, it starts with like you're saying you need to create a better civilization well you they need electricity. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to heat their water, heat their homes. Uh, they need to have 
you know, uh, the tools and the vehicles and everything necessary to continue to move up that scale. And when you look at that and then you go even further, you realize that there, especially with sustainable energy, can be like a circular uh, closed loop where you're not just using energy to like mine Bitcoin, but you're also able to take that hot air or if you're in hydro, the hot water, and then you can repurpose that. So it really is this uh, like beautiful mathematical circle that uh, without like much of a greed-based incentive can produce resources and energy and save time and also provide money to people in places where they don't have any of that in the first place. Yeah, I. Um, it's funny, even just, I mean, outside of the U.S., I think is is a, is a big case, but you know we're right now we're operating mainly in North America, and a lot of our customers are in the United States. And what I see is there are hundreds of you know rural com communities, maybe agriculture communities, former kind of large uh, infrastructure communities that because because of these um, whatever it is, they're they're no longer at their peak, right? But miners will come in because there's cheap power. And what they'll do is they'll set up and overnight, I mean, they'll build almost a small industry in this random farm town in the middle of Eastern Idaho, right? And there'll be an entire supply chain all within the town to service a mining operation. You'll have technicians, operators, repairers, you'll have fabricators building racks, you'll have HVAC kind of contracted to build data centers, right? In the middle of, and it's all driven by free market incentives and it's almost a revitalization of some of these places. Yes. And so it's it's really fascinating and it's not just happening in your town or my town, it's happening everywhere in the world where you can where you can access electricity and you can connect to the internet, you can mine bitcoin as long as your again your costs are low enough. So it's a it's kind of a forcing function for a lot of this stuff and what what comes out of that? Well, you know, benefits to the community and over time, like there will be more and more reasons to build other industry there, right? If you have Bitcoin miners kind of paving the way in a lot of respects, like you've, you're building out electricity infrastructure, you're building out some uh, different industry to kind of service that. Well, now you have some skilled labor in these places. Now you might, it might make sense to open up other types of businesses and industries. So um, I think we're massively in early days, but I, I'm seeing it every day. Like there are, um, I can't tell you how many groups I just can't even believe are operating at the scale they are in the middle of a random place you'd never know to point to on a map, right? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of places in the south, um, like a lot of cities that are like tech hubs, mm -hmm. and they're just like waiting for this to yeah. kind of develop better. Um, you're just going to get more people who are then uh, educated and passionate, and they'll be fascinated uh, whenever I'm, you know, like... Uh, meeting someone new like my girlfriend has a lot of engineer friends mm -hmm. and they're like all finishing up you know college and thinking what are they going to do after university and, and i'm always like well what do you know about bitcoin mining you know like <laughs> there's a lot of bitcoin mining facilities that need help um just like structuring how they're going to do this entire operation like i think you'd be fascinated by what you can do and uh even with like selling like uh hot air mm -hmm. and recirculating that and I don't know. I think that a lot of people are are nerdy and passionate and, you know, for conversations like this, the goal is to 
to just like give something a little bit more rational and show the perspective from people who are you know working in in the fields of bitcoin mining every day um in terms of like the future i'm curious about what you think about where proof of work is going to go and yeah so i'm a um i'm a proof of work maxi for sure i think um i think this industry in particular bitcoin mining will become one of the largest consumers of energy or at least the largest customers of a lot of these um, electricity providers you know in the world and i think that's a good thing because i think we're we're energizing this you know this network that's going to provide us a new monetary system right so it's i think worth its weight in in you know whatever but i think the the industry is growing and there's no doubt that it's growing it's obviously you, you kind of have fluctuations with a, a bull in a bear market but the reality is you know every 10 minutes a new block is mined and added to the blockchain right it's it's every 10 minutes bitcoin is issued you know new transactions process it's it doesn't stop right and, and it only gets better and more refined and the industry gets more efficient you know new players come in old players who are you know who are doing poorly flush out but over time the entire mining network's stronger and so I, I think you will have waves of centralization and decentralization with the kind of bull and bear markets where you'll have, you know, groups getting really big, they get over levered, they get washed out. And then kind of out of that come a lot of opportunistic kind of smaller people kind of picking it up. Again, if you can find electricity and internet access under the right cost structure, you can mine Bitcoin anywhere in the world. So. I think this industry is here to stay and I think it's going to grow. And I think we're going to be very surprised with the ways mining is used in the future, because I don't, I don't think it'll always just be plugging it in and not having any other type of strategy around mining. I think there'll be, you know, heat reuse. I think there'll be, you know, demand response programs. So for example, a lot of utility companies, one of the concerns on a electric, on electric grid is, the frequency at, at which electricity kind of travels along the grid and it really has to stay within a certain bound. And so what these, um, what these companies can do is what they can, they can have a, what they call a controlled load. And, and what that is, is if they sense a frequency disturbance, right, whether it's whatever it is, they can turn down certain types of, uh, demand side load, right? So a lot of mining companies are willing to opt into these programs to help stabilize the grid. An, an issue with the frequency on the grid, well, let's turn some of these mining operators down because they can run 24 seven. They turn off for a few hours to save the frequency of the grid and keep it stabilized. We'll compensate them. And you know, now it's almost like a, an extension of the electricity um, or of the electricity infrastructure. So that's on a large scale, on a small scale, you know, you have people heating their homes, heating their hot tubs, heating their pools, like reusing that heat, heating greenhouses. Uh, and I just, I think we'll see more and more of that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Bitcoin mining and proof of work is going to be a very core part of our, of our existence as a, as a civilization, in my opinion. So no, 100%. I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna see it just becoming more practical. And out here, we've even spoken to some companies who don't even like market that Bitcoin mining is what this is like, mm -hmm. you know, there's like Heatcore who are creating uh, these like server cabinets where you can plug in hydro what's miners mm -hmm. um, and they're specifically selling to 
real estate and places where it's like, hey, you can use this to plug in and it's going to heat the water for your residents or heat the units for your residents. So I do think that we are going to move to maybe a little less taboo of a feeling with it. It's not just going to be these giant data centers. It can be a lot more. And it's kind of like when Java was like coming on the 80s and everyone wanted their microwave to have a clock and whatnot. <laughs> and sometimes I get a little bit carried away and I see it as like that, like there's household appliances that could just become little Bitcoin mining machines, um, like a space heater. Why wouldn't you invest in something like that? Um, if you're not like going anything crazy past the energy you're consuming, why not stack some sats while you're doing it? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the, the ingenuity in the space is incredible. The, the things that people are figuring out how to, how to mine, how to use the waste heat, how to do it in a way that's quiet. For example, there's a lot of groups who are figuring out, you know, these, these ASICs are very loud. These fans are running. Um, even just the cooling technologies, right? We've got, you know, we've got hydro cooling on the scene now. We've got immersion, different immersion companies coming out with new cost-effective ways to, to cool things. And then you kind of open it up towards things like firmware. And I mean, it's just, the more you peel back, there's so many layers to this industry mm. that it's, it's hard to bet against it, in my opinion. The more, you, the more you understand it, it's really hard to take a bet against it because I just think the, the incentives are there and the talent is, is coming and so is, I think, the capital. 100%. It's an inevitable and yeah, I think that's why we continue to survive and to keep going in the industry. Yeah. What's, uh, what's on the plan for the future uh, with you and Hashbrand? Yeah. Um, so our plan is to continue, uh, growing our ability to find trusted partners to work with and continue to help customers find trusted operators to deploy hash rate with At the end of the day, we want to be a, you know, an information hub or a kind of trusted marketplace for deploying hash rate and really for transacting goods and services in this industry. We're focused on hosting right now because that's kind of a core competency. But over time, we you know there's we think of ourselves as a you know a question we ask ourselves I guess better is a what is the life cycle of a miner? And and I think a lot of it is you know there's there's hosting and there's deploying ASICs. But what happens if an ASIC goes down? What happens if you want to expand your operation? What happens if an ASIC is no longer profitable? How do you decommission that? So there's a lot of these life cycle questions that we're trying to, to figure out, again, in kind of a trusted and transparent manner, because at the end of the day, if you can't really trust who you're doing business with, it's hard for this industry to mature and to grow. But I think we can get there because we're all building on Bitcoin, right, which is a fundamental layer of trust. So if we can, if we can understand that and build on top of that, I think, you know, the sky's the limit. So for us, again, we want to continue to double down on the trusted groups that we're working with have more information, more accessibility, and then also just be a much easier place for people to transact and actually grow their hash rate. So 100%. Yeah. yeah, man, I'm, you know, Tom, it's been super, super appreciative uh, to have you on here. Um, I'm really happy that we were able to connect over Absolutely. this conference. And yeah. like you're saying, these are the moments where we can all get together and work on building that trust. Um, so, you know, best of luck you know, to awesome. everything you guys have coming and I'm sure it's going to keep going well and you guys will bear through the tough times, no pun intended. Yeah. And hopefully we can have you on again. 
and hopefully we can just party and <laughs> keep getting to know each other and Sounds good. all of us can do this together in the mining industry. Yeah, man, it's it's been a pleasure. And I would just say, you know, the, the bear market's for builders. So <laughs> let's keep it going. Yes, sir. All right.